You want to have three specific things about yourself that you want people to know. Two things that you're looking for in a partner, be relative, again, be specific. And one thing that the two of you might do on your first date. back to another episode. I am excited to have with me today, Connell Barrett, who is a dating coach for The League and author of the new book, Dating Sucks, But You Don't. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm really psyched to be with you, Melanie. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm excited about this conversation. I We're talking about radical authenticity today, which is a concept I've heard before, but I'm curious to hear your definition. And yeah how it can help men with their dating lives. Um, but also you have a really interesting background and I would be curious to hear more about your own personal journey when it comes to dating, because I think that might sort of inform the rest of the conversation. So can you just say a little bit about, you know, where you were when you were younger and where you are now? Absolutely. I became a dating coach because I wanted to help the guy who I used to be. I wanted to help the guy who was lonely and doubted himself and did not know how to flirt and got stuck in the friend zone and who walked through the world feeling unworthy of romantic connection. That's how I felt for, gosh, almost 35, 36 years. And so I I basically coach my younger self. (laughs) I coach men who want to go from women just aren't into me. I'm lonely. I'm not that cool, tall, great looking guy. And help them turn into, hey, you know what? I have a lot to offer. Women like me for me. I know how to flirt and I have some dating options and I can get a great girlfriend, a great partner. So really it's about helping a guy go from from lonely and dateless to lots of confidence and lots of options and then making a woman's life better in the process. Two things I, I really liked that you said. First of all, the comparison bit. I'd love if you just go into that a little bit more because I do think there's a lot of other men have more to offer than I do, or other men are somehow more worthy than me. Can you say a little bit about what that experience is like and what, what are the common things? What are the things that you compared yourself to? Like other guys have fill in the blank more than me. You mentioned taller or like the stereotypical things, but those really, those really matter actually in the end, it really feels like other men have more to offer Yeah, a little bit about, especially in your journey. And then also what you've noticed as patterns in the men that you've coached, what they're sort of saying in that. I looked at other guys out at, out at a bar. And I said, look how outgoing he is. I'm not extroverted like him. I'm introverted. Look at that guy's six-pack abs. I don't have a six-pack. I have a two-liter. I said, I'm dorky. I'm nerdy. I'm not the life of the party. I don't like, I'm not a lampshade on my head kind of guy. I'm a read, read, you know, I'm looking over at my my bookshelf. Uh, I'm read the power broker by Robert Caro and uh, Harold Bloom's literature compilation. And I said, Oh, women don't want that. Women want that outgoing six pack ab extroverted guy. And this crazy thing started to happen where when you believe that, when you look at other men and say, Oh, I'm not as good looking or cool as outgoing. Then what that, what that does is that's like pouring poison in your ear and you start to believe it. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you get the dating results or lack of dating results that you think a guy who doesn't have anything to offer will get simply by buying into the the lies and the stories that you tell yourself. So those are the, the stories I tell myself. The most common one I hear from my clients are typically, I don't know what to say. My words aren't enough. My I don't have the height. I'm not cool. I'm wrong skin color. Probably looks is maybe the biggest one. I'm just not good looking enough for women. And then what happens is that informs your actions and emotions, creates inaction and bad, wrong action. And then you get stuck in the friend zone or you don't take chances or you don't go for the girl you want. Or if you do, 
you come across as a nervous, scared guy who's about to find out he's not good enough. And then you probably get blown out and rejected anyway. So it's just crazy. There's nothing more, there's nothing more of a self-fulfilling prophecy than dating. If you believe you have no options, you will have a few options. If you buy into what you offer, which is what I want men to do, then all of a sudden you can start to have a really kick-ass dating life and get some confidence and get some really good, good, good options, good dates, and then eventually settle down with a, a great woman. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I do think there's a pretty significant gap between what men think women want and are looking mm. for and what the truth is. And it even shows up in my sex research when, you know, you ask men what they think women want or are looking for, you know, they they talk about things like penis size or how long a man can stay hard or a really nice body. But in the research on over a thousand women, 0% talked about a man having a nice body, less than mm. 2% talked about penis size, and less than 5% talked about a man staying hard. So 90, 98% of women don't give a shit about penis size and 95% don't care about how long he can stay hard. But the perception is that. And it reminded me when you were talking about the comparison thing of looking at these guys at a bar and this guy's got a six pack and this guy's tall. For me, a lot of what's attractive about a man is, is he present in the moment? And can he put attention on me? So that outgoing guy that looks really popular or whatever, I might not even be interested in at all because he talks about himself the entire night. So again, the perception of what a man thinks women are attracted to might not line up with what women are actually attracted to. And if you found that on your own journey of, you know, sort of moving out of that of comparisonville into authenticity or wherever it was that you went, what, you know, how, how did that impact you? Well, that's a great, that's a great example that you just told. I'm reminded of the first time a really attractive woman ever said I was hot. Those were her exact words. I was on a first date, karaoke date. We're sitting up at the bar. Her name is Angela. And I had started to begin to get some confidence and kind of crack the code of how this all works. And I was having fun. I was loose. I was at my wittiest self. I was as well dressed as I can get. And I'm not a male model or anything, but you know, on a good night. I'm in the zone. I have some swagger. And she looked at me and said, you know, you're really hot. And I almost looked behind me to see if like some Brad Pitt looking guy had walked by. I'm like, what, who, me, me, huh? What? Say that again. (laughs) And really what she was saying was you are hot in the way that I think men are hot. You're witty. You're fun. You like karaoke. You listen to me. You're present. You're not a dick, Um, but you have some confidence. And Every woman has a slightly different group, slightly different blueprint for what she wants in a man and what's going to make her feel the way a man wants her to feel on a date. But very rarely are those things, things like six pack abs and a million dollars and six foot four. Um, Money, looks, these things are like jacuzzis. They're like nice to have, but they're way overrated. (laughs) What most women want is a man who can bring value into her life, who can listen, connect with her. Uh, make her giggle, make her laugh, make her feel sexy, make her feel safe, and also click with her intellectually, maybe in terms of humor as well. So it's more about finding the right fit for you rather than fitting yourself into some archetype that society says you have to be as a man. Don't try to fit the archetype. Um, See if you fit what she wants in a guy. And if she wants your type, you're her 10. Yeah, I love that. I I think, you know, it's, really important what you just said of, you know, having her feel safe and having her feel sexy. And I, I've noticed with a lot of my clients, one of the things that we've worked on is sexuality and owning a man, being able to own his sexual power and not feel ashamed of it. Because I think a lot of quote unquote, nice guys will sort of stuff that away or hide it or tuck it in the background so that she will feel safe, right? They're, they want her to feel safe and comfortable and therefore they're sort of suppressing their sexual desire or uh, drive so that, because they don't want her to feel uncomfortable. And I'm wondering if you, you know, how did you handle that on your own journey in terms of, I don't know, 
claiming your sexuality, reclaiming your sexuality, whatever verb it is, so that you could sort of bring your full self to women. Cause mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's, I'm guessing, I don't know, I'd be interested in hearing, but that was part of your journey of going from, you know, like I noticed on your site, it said, you know, my dates always ended with those four sad words. Let's just be friends. And obviously you transformed something and didn't, and stopped getting that. So I'm wondering where did sexuality fit in that part of your journey? It was a puzzle piece that I had to learn through lots and lots of reps of going on first dates and eventually learning how to approach women out in a bar or a club or in a coffee shop. But anyway, what, I, I had a lot of hangups and I'll bet your listeners, a lot of your listeners have the same hangups. I felt like, I guess I told myself a story for a lot of years, maybe because I was raised Catholic, maybe because I don't know, I was raised, be nice, be nice to women, be a gentleman. And I thought I got it in my head at some point that, oh, it must be wrong to objectify a woman, which of course it is. It must be wrong. But but then what happened is I, I translated that into, oh, it's not okay to let a woman know that you find her sexy or that you have a sexual side. Uh, And I think some men feel shame or they think they're breaking some kind of societal rule. And one of the reasons why I'm a big believer in this concept called radical authenticity is because as men, part of our authentic selves is our sexuality. As a straight man's desire for for a beautiful, to him, straight woman, that's just nature. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with expressing that in the right measure at the right moment. And I think that's very attractive to women who, again, women who like his type. And even if she doesn't like his type, it's actually a lot weirder and creepier to to hide that, to suppress that. So one of the drills I had to do when I was out, and I spent years going out with different dating coaches and pickup artists, some really cool and awesome, some sketchy as fuck. And But even some of the sketchy ones taught me some good lessons. Like I remember I had to go out one night and for my opener, every woman I went went up to that night, I had to open with some variation of you're sexy. I had to break out of that comfort zone because my coach could tell that I was afraid to, I was being, look, I am, I'm the nicest guy in the world, but I was putting that nice guy front on. It was more of a mask in a lot of senses, in one sense. So he wanted, he said, look, you're going to tell every woman she's sexy and hot tonight, period. Just get used to it. And I was horrified. I remember the first woman I walked up to, I was like, my hands were shaking. I was like, hi, um, you're, um, uh, you're sexy. And she freaked out a little bit, not because of what I said, but because of the way I said it, <laughs> I didn't lean into it. But two or three or four approaches later, I just, you know, I remember walking up to this woman in a, in a red dress and I was like, damn, you're sexy. And it came from inside. It wasn't words. It came from a real place. And she looked me over and she was like, you're fucking cute. And all of a sudden it was like, whoa, you can just walk up to women and and express that. And it's okay. That was a big epiphany for me. And uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's a magic bullet, but it is a tool that a guy wants to have in his dating toolbox. I love that story so much because I, I, I had a very similar experience with a man at a workshop and it's a long story, but we had this exercise where men would walk up and we would, we, the women coaches would be silent. It was a totally silent exercise. It was just reading the energy and feeling his presence. And it was supposed to be an approach, right? As if you were at a club or a bar or a restaurant or whatever, and this one guy, we worked with him and after working with him, he owned his, he owned his desire and he walked straight up and I was like, that was hot. That was hot. And he had this total light bulb moment of, oh, wow, the women that have been uncomfortable in the past with me, it hasn't been because of me. It's been because of my shame approach <laughs> It's because of, of how I did it, not who I am. And that was a big deal because it was sort of like, it, it became instead of I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know, toxic is the word that comes to mind. I'm ugly. I'm toxic. I'm a monster. I'm gross to, oh, when I own myself, I come across as safe or interesting or comfortable for a woman to be around or hot versus when I'm hiding it and I'm tight in my body and I'm not breathing and I'm nervous. She's tight in her body. She's nervous. She's, she's yeah. all things. And it was just such a, you could just see him reviewing all of these scenarios and saying, wow, that was actually not who she wasn't responding to who I am as a man. She was responding to my shame response. 
And if I work on my shame response and do the reps, like you said, I can actually shift this. And he did. And it was a total game changer. But I love that you, um, that your coach actually had you do this and that there was this epiphany of, uh, you know, you can actually go up to a woman and say like, you're sexy. You know, I would be flattered if a man came up to me and said that and, and kind of owned it in his body and wasn't like, you know, you're sexy, not breathing, just kind of staring at me, like, you know, in a scary right. fashion. That's the whole, that's the whole thing is that the words are a lot less important than the body speaking the words. So how you're exactly is the most important thing. And what do they say? 97% of language is nonverbal. So it's the same thing in a dating context where what you're saying is less important than how you're saying it. And I think that's a great story with the red dress because it's just so obvious. It just makes it so obvious. And um, that, that moment of like, whoa, you can actually go up and say these things to women and they won't freak out on you. Um, one thing that I love about that exercise is you got to see how multiple women responded. Obviously you got, you, you got better at it, right. As you started right. to sexuality, you got better. So I'm wondering, you know, I think a lot of men assume the woman is going to throw a drink in your face or she's going to attack you or what, what did you find was the dominant response if there was one when you did that? Great question. I, I learned this lesson over and over again in different ways. That story I told was specifically about using the word sexy, which I was afraid to say the word. I just felt like, oh, I don't want to make it about her sexiness. I'm a nice guy. She, I have to like her for her. But part of who she is is her sexiness. And we're animals. We are men and women. We are essentially animals looking to feel that animal magnetism. And I kept learning this lesson over and over again. And I kept getting the same, not the same response every time, but I kept seeing these, this, these fantastic patterns. Uh, I remember a night, and, and one of the things I learned from one of my coaches, which I've woven into this concept I have of radical authenticity. So he used to always teach me, you want your thoughts, words, and actions aligned. Everything should be aligned. You, sh- you want to be congruent. In other words, don't say one thing and do another thing. And I remember another night I went out, I was on a rooftop bar in lower Manhattan at a, at a cool rooftop lounge. And I was with my a wingman and there were, there were two women, one blonde, one brunette sitting at a table. Next to them, where it was a big muscular guy in a t-shirt, he looked like a bottle of muscle milk turned corporeal. He was just this big, massive hulking guy. And there was an open seat next to the three of them. And my wingman said, there you go, off, go, do it right now, go over there. Or else we had this drill where if we didn't approach right away, we could punch the other guy in the arm. So it was either get punched in the arm or approach. So I walked over <laughs> and I beelined and I sat down. I didn't say anything sexual, but, but my, my action was really clear. I just walked over and said, hey, you guys look, you guys look friendly. How's your night going? I'm, I'm Connell. Just a very direct, I'm here to chat with you approach. And the brunette leaned close, like leaned in across the table and her eyes got really wide. And she said, oh my gosh, you just walked right over here and talked to us. Do you know what you are? And I thought to myself, um... A guy who's about to get his ass kicked by your big muscly boyfriend? I don't know. But I, I played it cool and I said, I don't know. What am I? And she said, you're normal. You just came right over and said hi. And then she pointed to a different table, a different guy. And she said, see that guy over there? He's been staring at us all night and it's creeping us out. It's like, just come over or don't come over. And by the way, the big muscly guy he was cool. I don't even think he was dating either of them. He was just a friend. He was totally chill. And that was another epiphany. So even if you don't say the word sex, it's not about that. It's about acting and speaking from an authentic, true place and letting people see that kind of clear, clean, bright uh, alignment. And really good th- things happen when you, when you follow that, uh, follow that uh, sort of guiding light, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I can relate to that story of <clears throat> the, the staring and it's like either come over here or stop staring <laughs> like do one of those, like pick a lane and then, and then right. go to that lane because I don't know if you're a threat, right? The, the, at least for me, my experience is when there's extended staring and there's no action, it feels like 
are you right. going to follow me out of here? Like now I don't know. I don't feel safe anymore. I don't know what's going to happen. So, but when a man takes action, it's like, okay, there's, there's clarity and there's connection. Yeah. And it's a totally different experience when you're actually connecting with someone versus furtive glances that, you know, you know, you can feel he's looking at you, but when you look at him, he looks away. It's like, that doesn't feel safe. So um, it sounds like for you, a lot of the, experience and the learning and the growth was just reps. You're actually doing it, getting out there, doing it, learning, you know, I don't know, on the job is the wrong term, but learning as you went. And, um, and I'm curious, you know, that, that sort of owning of your power more and like actually going for it. Did that translate once you were actually in relationships? Because one thing I think that pickup artists are very poor at is teaching ethical relating and, Mm. and, and also teaching relating once you're dating, dating or relationship, it's sort of like, it feels a bit shallow. And then once you get into relationship, there's a whole other set of concerns. So I'm wondering how was it for you once you got into relationships, you know, did you need, what happened when you started getting into relationships? I, I've never really looked that closely at the connection. I think what definitely helped was being vulnerable and authentic in my relationships carried over from these dating learnings and epiphanies I had. Uh, I, I realized that what it comes for me, what it comes down to is with, whether it's an approach or a first date or a relationship, it's how can I give to your life and grow with you? in terms of a relationship and also allow you to give to me. And I think that helped me a lot because one of the things that kind of blew my mind is I thought, I thought, okay, these sketchy pickup guys are going to teach me all the creepy tricks. And they did teach me some and I reject a lot of them, but I had a couple who were actually not new, who totally shattered the stereotype. And I remember one of my coaches, a guy named Owen Cook used to say, Hey, go out and make every woman's night better than when you, before you met her. No matter what happens, just make her smile. That's the mentality you want, because that's going to be that's going to bring an energy that's going to give you the quote results. But even if you don't, you feel good for being somebody who gives. And I did bring this concept of of a lot of giving and win win giving and receiving into my relationship into my relationships when I did settle down for a while and, and have and have longer term relationships. So yeah, there's definitely some overlap there in terms of. Uh, the concepts of courtship and approaching and dating and actually how you, how you connect with somebody long-term in a relationship. Yeah. And, you know, you got coached and then you became a coach yourself. And I'm wondering if you can uh, take us through that journey a little, because you're currently a dating coach for the league and I'm not sure how long you've been doing that, but I'd be curious to hear how that came about and what you've learned as a coach for a dating app. And I believe you date, you, sorry, you uh, coach both men and women on that app. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got there? Right. Well, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for online dating because online dating was what I first, was the, the vehicle I first used to start getting dates and practicing 15 years ago when I really started to work on my dating life. It was I sound like a, a grandpa. I was back in the back in the aughts, way back in the double O's. Uh, I used to go on Match.com back when dating websites were like flat online desktops where you wrote seventeen emails back and forth instead of three swipes for a date. Um, anyway, so I've always had a soft spot in my heart for online dating, and and then I've I really have enjoyed Bumble and Tinder and Hinge and some dating apps. So I partnered with the League starting a couple of years ago because. Uh, online dating is is a microcosm of dating. You know, they're all the same problems. Pretty much all of the problems arise with online dating. Fear of rejection. Am I going to get matches? Am I going to get ghosted? Am I attractive enough? Are my photos, you know, do, do women like me? So I, because online dating was the vehicle for me to first get some good confidence and good options, I, I wanted to work with an app that allowed me to help men and women create a profile for themselves. And I think the, probably the best tip I've uh, probably the best tip I, I can give for online dating is a lot of people approach online dating the wrong way. They think of their profile as something that's for them and your profile is not for you. It's for the other person on the other end of the phone. It's a piece of digital marketing. The, 
the biggest myth about online dating is that the secret is it's not really dating until you meet that person, until you meet somebody or at least have a conversation with them. It's online marketing. And what you want to do is curate a profile that with the, with the, the mantra of what does this have to offer the person on the other end of the phone? The man or a woman who's looking at my profile, how, how, do I, how am I going to make them feel the way I want them to feel? in an authentic, genuine way, but in a way that's good marketing, right? So it comes down to basics like a really good portrait, uh, a little bit of a little bit of playfulness and personality in your profile. Um, I remember the first league profile that ever made me want to swipe and fall. And definitely I wanted to ask her out as soon as I matched with her. This woman wrote, I'm looking for a um, a man on the street with a dad bod in the sheets. And I was like, oh my God, I, I, I have the dad bod and I definitely love the sense of humor. So if you have really high quality portraits and you have a little bit of personality in your profile and you think of it as a piece of digital marketing, think of it as I tell my clients, I tell my guys, uh, you're, doing a, you're doing a photo essay called why I'm a great dating choice. That's essentially what your profile is. And think of it that way, because it's really not, it, it features you, but it's not about you. It's about the woman who you want to hit, to, to click on that heart and um, think about what she wants, not what you want to show her. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of your coaching actually has to do with the profile itself. And, um, you know, I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to, you know, a lot of our clients are divorcing or divorced or thinking about it, <laughs> divorce, divorce, uh, curious. And for a lot of them, you know, they've been in marriages for 10, 20, 30 plus years, and they're getting back into dating, getting back into dating, quote unquote. And, you know, you talked about what, 15 years ago, you know, dating profiles and dating apps are completely new for some people. And I'm just wondering, you know, for example, for example, do you recommend hiring a photographer and taking really good photos? Because it does seem like, uh, I'm on some apps right now and it seems like there's a lot of bathroom selfies <laughs> and right. where, or I can't, where I can't see his face or something like that. You know, do you give your men or women permission to like invest in this, that this is something that you want to take seriously? How do you sort of address that? Yeah, I think the most, the most important photo on your profile is that featured photo that should be, in most cases, a clear, crisp, high-quality portrait showing you roughly from the waist up and showing you dressed first date great outdoors, well-lit, natural light is going to be the most flattering. And that probably will, you'll probably do best with somebody who knows their way around a camera. So you don't have to hire a professional photographer if you don't want to, although I, I, I recommend it if you can. Uh, you could find a friend who just knows their way around an iPhone camera, or knows their way, knows how to take a good photo. But whether you do it with, whether you hire somebody or not, there's a little bit of a game we want to play here. We want Here's the, here's the biggest thing that's easy to do wrong, even when you hire a photographer, is you want your featured photo, the first one or two photos, yes, we want them to be portraits, well-lit, high quality, but we don't want them to look too editorial. We want your smile to be, and you should be smiling, probably making eye, eye contact with the camera. But again, it comes back to this word. I say it over and over again, authenticity. It should be a genuine, real smile. Uh, so here's what you should do. When you have the photos taken, have your photographer crack jokes or be laughing with them. My photographer, Rianne, takes all of my online dating photos. And I have her curse at me because she's got a filthy mouth. She curses like a sailor. So I'm like, okay, Rianne, what are your, what's your favorite bad word? And she's like, F word this, C word that. And just I start laughing. And she's snapping photos of me while I'm laughing and smiling. And invariably, she's going to capture a genuine, great, real smile that makes your face light up. And that's the kind of captured in the moment, candid facial expression 
that a guy wants for that featured photo. What you don't want is the say cheese smile, if you can help it. You don't want that stiff smile. You want to be captured in a moment. Look at, a, look at the cover of GQ or Esquire. Usually, yes, it's all staged. It's all photographed. It's all choreographed for days and days. But Jon Snow or whoever the celebrity is on the cover, he's he's like caught in a moment of, what, you're taking my photo? I didn't know that. It's like, oh, shucks. And there's something really attractive to women about that kind of shot. So that should be your first shot. And a great another great element to put on your online dating photos is just have some, be having fun in your photos. Be doing things that are having fun. I have a client who, who's breaking almost all the rules. He doesn't have good portraits. <laughs> he doesn't have, he's not a very good looking guy, but he's getting lots of matches on Hinge because he's having a blast in his photos. He's on a speedboat, selfie in the back. He's on a selfie, the water in the background. He's on the beach with a couple friends, campfire, drinking some beers. Basically, he says to women of Hinge, hey, if you want to have a couple drinks, I'm a fun guy. There's also one shot of him that talks about um, what he does for volunteers. So there's some heart there as well. So fun plus heart plus just a little bit of uh, playful flirtatiousness is, is a really nice formula for online dating matches and dates. Yeah. The other thing that I would also add is, you know, fill in the boxes. <laughs> like a lot of the men on my, in my queue, they're, you know, there's no information. There's very, very little to go on. And if it's just photos and not a lot filled in, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. And I feel bad swiping left on a lot of men, but it's like, I have nothing to go on. And that makes me feel like you're not going to have anything to say on a date. It makes me concerned about getting to know you. So, you know, even if you're nervous or you don't know what to say in those boxes, just put something and then yeah. maybe put someone on it, especially if you have women friends, maybe you run it by them because if you're nervous or you don't know what to say, or you're worried about misrepresenting yourself, or you're just drawing a blank because you're scared, that's fine. That's a human reaction. And maybe talk to a friend about it and have someone else help you you know, whether it's a dating coach or just a friend, because I know that it can be kind of a lonely process. One of my women friends was really intimidated about getting on the dating apps. This wasn't even dating apps. It was like you said, Connell, it was way back in the day when it was all on desktop and she was joining eHarmony right. and she was really scared. And she was like, I just look at these questions and I don't know what to say. I feel like I'm going to be bragging or I feel like it's too much. And so I'm a writer and she had, you know, she had me help her. So we went through and it, and it became fun, right? We were choosing yeah. photos and I actually did take some photos of her because to your point, we didn't really have any, she didn't really have any pictures that weren't super professional shots with the collared shirt and the whole, not, uh, not soft and inviting and feminine, more like I work, you know, hire me. <laughs> and so we took some new pictures, but we also worked on her, her prompts together and it became fun and fun story. She actually went on, uh, 10 dates. She went on 10 dates over the course of a few months. None of them worked out the 10th person. She was like, this is it. Like, if I don't meet someone I like here, I'm going to take a break for a while and re re revise, re rethink this. And that man ended up being her mm. husband. No. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's that amazing. Being her Bottom husband. of the ninth, two yeah, outs. And exactly. Right. Run. Yeah. Um, so I really, uh, I really just want to encourage anyone listening. That's a little intimidated is it's very human to be intimidated by what should I put on my dating profile and it's okay to reach out for help and to have it be fun. So get someone you trust, whether that's a, a dating coach, an actual coach or your sister, if you trust your sister or someone that you love, that loves you, that can help mm. it to help it feel, feel more, have the process actually feel more fun instead of uh, stressful. Yeah. Let me share a tip that's helped a lot of guys. Uh, it's the rule of three, two, one. Here's a really good way to look at your, what do I write for your profile? The rule of three, two, one says that you want to have three specific things about yourself that you want people to know. 
two things that you're looking for in a partner, be relative, again, be specific, and one thing that the two of you might do on your first date. If you can't think of anything else to write, do the three, two, one. So for example, three things about me. Number one, I'm a dating coach. I'm the real life hitch. Number two, I love improv. Number three, I make a mean uh, bourbon infused French toast. (laughs) There, three specific things. Um, Number two, what am I looking for in a woman? I love a woman who um, likes game nights. And bonus points if you like to nerd out on 80s and 90s TV. Watch Frasier, watch Cheers with me. I'm a happy man. And then here's one thing we can do on a first date. Um, Let's go to a wine bar. Do you like red or white? So three, two, one. If you can't think of anything else, follow that rule. And then a bonus thing, which I just did, thinking out loud or speaking out loud, end your profile with a really simple call to action or a question that makes it easy for her to answer, such as red or white, thin crust or deep dish, uh, fuck, Mary kill, Tyrion, Jon Snow, and the the um, dragon, <laughs> whatever you're, whatever, give her something to answer because women, as you, as you know, Melanie, women are just like men in a sense that sometimes they're not sure what to write, what to respond to, what to say. And if you just like any piece of marketing, it's like, like, and subscribe, listen to my podcast. Operators are standing by call now, swipe right. And tell me your favorite kind of dog. It doesn't really matter, but you're giving her that, that easy in to write you back. And then before you know it, you're messaging, and you're setting up your first date. I really like that. I like the the specificity and the examples you gave because already I'm like, oh, we have something in common. <laughs> so we have something that we could chat about that I feel comfortable with. And the question especially is a great one because it's easy. Like you said, it's just an easy thing to get started. And that's really kind of what you're looking for. Um, Another thing that one of um, my clients has had a lot of success with is he he, he says something like um, getting married again, too much. One night stand, not enough. Looking for something right in between. Like a second (laughs) crush. I like that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, great. I can see that this person is sort of on my page of, I don't want something short and meaningless. And I'm not ready to get married again. I want something kind of in between and it feels welcoming. It feels welcoming. And like a sexy romantic crush feels fun, right? So he he gets a lot of feedback on that as being like one of the reasons that a woman swiped right. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he also did invest in a photographer. He invested in really good <clears throat> pictures that make that feel like him and that, you know, they, they look sharp. They look sharp. They stand out because right. the bar is actually pretty low. <laughs> I think it's totally, I think that, I think that's one thing that is, is, is working in, in a man's favor is that the bar on dating apps is quite low. So if you have some interesting things and some good photos, you're gonna, you're gonna do better than most men. I'm curious, since you do uh, have a partnership with the league, I've heard differing statistics and it's a little bit hard to figure out, but I've heard that up to 90% of folks on dating apps are men and that the vast, so the vast majority are men and that there just are fewer women on dating apps. I've also heard it's closer to 60, 40, 50, 50. So can you speak a little bit to that experience? Because a lot of the men I work with are having the experience of they get far fewer matches than women that are on the apps. And they feel a little bit like even the women that they do match with, you know, there's a lot of ghosting and things like that. And it's, it can be discouraging, I think. So can you speak a little bit to that experience? Yeah. The it's bad news, good news situation. The, the bad news is you're right. We, I don't know exactly what the percentage is. It's going to differ from app to app, but you're definitely looking at two or two or three men for every woman on a dating app. I've, I've heard as crazy as eight, nine to one on some parts on some, in some cities on Tinder, depending on where you go. And that's the bad news. Good news is that 80% of these men have terrible profiles. You know, it's like, hey, here I am in my in my garage in the dark, looking like Dexter in his kill room. You know, you're <laughs> it's easy to shoot to the top three percent of all those men. And and there's a lot of churn with online dating as well. A lot of people 
go on for a few weeks, they bounce, and then they never get a date. Uh, so, but there's a scary, there's another scary stat that I found while writing my book, which is something like 50 to 55% of men who have used online dating apps never had a single date in real life from it. And that's because they got dejected. They didn't get matches right away. They, and they just said, oh, online dating doesn't work for me. It sucks. It's, it's all BS. And not, not to shoehorn in a plug for my book, but the reason why my book is called Dating Sucks But You Don't, it's because I've always said to my clients, dude, your, your profile doesn't suck. I'm sorry. You don't suck. Your profile sucks. Your marketing sucks. Nothing personal. This is not, this is not personal. This is actually good news. Uh, your, <laughs> that featured photo of you in the dark in your garage makes you look kind of creepy and scary. That's why you're not getting matches. Not because you're ugly, not because women are all scam or catfishers or what have you. So this is really good news. Um, we we want to fix, we want to fix your profile. And once you get it fixed, once you get that nice piece of digital marketing going for yourself, absolutely. Women will notice you can get a, a regular sort of funnel of potential dating leads and go on a couple dates a week or a couple dates a month, depending on your schedule and look for that person who you have chemistry with. So with online dating, there is a lot of work that goes into it to get that profile that, that converts because it is competitive. And most of the guys are swiping on uh, all the attractive women that they find attractive, right? So it is competitive, but most of the, most of their profiles are terrible. So you just have to get yours to, uh, you know, in the top 10% and you start getting matches, start getting dates and you can get a lot of really good options once you get that handled, but you just can't give up right away. It takes a little bit. It's like optimizing a piece of marketing. You have to test it, try different things and know that once you, once it clicks, you can turn your phone into a, a date generating machine and that can really transform your, your dating life and your confidence too. <laughs> Yeah. And I also just want to normalize catfishing. I think that some people feel shame around being catfished. I've been catfished. Uh, one of my good guy friends is gay and he was on a couple dating apps for a while. And he definitely, he was catfished for, for like six weeks. They were going back and forth. They were chatting on the phone, but every time it was like, let's video chat or something, it was like something would come up. And anyways, it was a long story, but catfishing is real and it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong or that there's something bad going on or that you're gullible. They're just, it's part of life now. <laughs> it's a thing right. sometimes. And, you know, you can just graciously move on. And, you know, it's like after the third time of not being able to talk to the person or see the person, there's probably something going on, especially if they want to maintain a certain level of connection, but they don't actually want to meet or uh, video chat. Yeah, you can tell pretty quickly by by trying to escalate things to a video conversation or a real life date. And if they're putting you off and coming up with excuses, then that's that's a big indicator that they're probably not who they say they are. Yeah. So yeah, I'm wondering, you know, as we wrap- I'm real, by the way. I'm not a catfish. <laughs> I'm actually real. Just so you know, this is really me. <laughs> I can tell from the the photo on your. On your <laughs> um, so yeah, as we start to wrap up here, I'm just wondering if there's anything else that you want to share about radical authenticity that that mm. sort of aided you on your journey um, dating. It just feels very freeing to to. It's such a cliche, cliche to say be yourself. What does that mean? It means. Being radically authentic means when you go on a date or have a conversation with a woman on a before the first date in an approach in the bar texting it really it's it's for every lens of dating it's to lean in to your true personality your true sense of humor your life experiences and not to feel like you have to be something that you're not or not trying to be something who you think you want her to start who she wants you to be the the big epiphany i had melanie was early on in my dating life i met this woman i was really had a huge crush on her and on our first date i found myself just lying 
about all these things that I felt felt like she needed me to be. She was this outdoorsy, rugged, scuba diving woman, and I'm not that guy. So I start telling her all these bullshit stories about how I love hiking and I'm taking flying lessons, even though I'm afraid to fly, um, that I'm scuba dive in the Caribbean. It's all nonsense. And I'm ashamed that I was dishonest with her, but it wasn't so much from a manipulative place. It was coming from a place of, oh, I feel like I'm not enough for her. So I have to make myself something that I think she wants to be. And about a year later, once I really transformed my kind of confidence and cracked the code, I went on another date with her and I just leaned into the the nerdy, musical theater loving, book reading, hipster dork who I am. And she really liked that guy. And that's the guy she liked all along, but I wasn't allowing him to come out. So I really want men to say, hey, whoever I really am at my core, single dad, uh, dad jokes, um, a Star Wars nerd, a jock, a hipster, uh, introverted, bookish, whatever you are, uh, don't be afraid to show her that. Show Show vulnerability, put that your true self out there. The reason why this works is because once you really do this and lean into it, you don't have to practice being you. You know who you are. So that makes you more confident. It makes you more charismatic to women who like your type. And you don't have to be the life of the party, extroverted, you know, cool Wall Street bro, if that's not who you are. You can be the nerdy, introverted, um, you know, Netflix loving uh, TV nerd. And who knows, maybe she's that person too. And she's like, whoa, I really connected with this guy. He's just like me. And that's how we make those real connections by, by being, by leaning into what makes you, you, because um, yeah, you're not one in a million, you're one in 7 billion. So show women that side. And you, when, when a woman, when you find a woman who likes your type, then you're going to be incredibly charismatic and attractive to her. Yeah, I love that. And I also, you know, I think that there's that desire to qualify yourself, like, like me because of these things. And I know for me and for a lot of women, it's actually less about, it's actually less about him. And it's more about, can he put his attention on me? Does he Mm. know how to ask me questions is he interested in who I am? And I think it's, there's a, it's a little sad sometimes because like you said, when, when a man really likes her, sometimes it's like, there's even more of that desire to qualify himself and talk about himself and prove right. that he's worthy, which actually ends up shutting her down or turning her off. Cause she's like, you're sitting here telling me all of these stories and like, okay, but like, I feel invisible. Right. I don't care who I am at all. I feel sad. I walk away from the date feeling less than rather than lit up because his, when his attention is on me, I feel excited. I feel like I get to shine. I feel like I get to share. I feel interested and interesting instead of like, I don't know, someone talking at me. So I, I, I feel like that, that desire to qualify yourself is actually uh, can sometimes be shooting yourself in the foot on two levels, <laughs> the dishonesty or whatever. And also it usually leaves her feeling like she's not even there. Like what, what, am, what am I really doing here? Instead of, like you said, leaning into who you really are, including your curiosity. What Absolutely. are you actually curious about in terms of this person sitting across from you? Because that, that curiosity of yours, that's your, that's your essence. That's what you want to know more about. And yeah, and, and sometimes that's going to include like, what are, you know, why do you like this place that we're at? Like wh- if you're genuinely curious about that, then ask about it. You know, if you've seen someone somewhere a few times or something like that, it doesn't matter as long as it's genuine, as long as it's yes. authentic to your. Totally. Identity. Yeah. And when I say be radically authentic, I certainly don't mean show off or talk at her and show your authentic self and think that's a magic bullet. There's two things you should focus on on your date you and her it should be both of you and and it's funny my first post-covid date uh she told me a great story she she told me about a date once where she was about 90 minutes two hours into the date and the guy just talked at her him 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 it was all about him 
never asked a single question about her. And he said, so we should really go out again. What do you think? And she said, sure, I'll go out again with you. If you can tell me my mother's name or my job or where I grew up, if you can answer any of those questions, I will have a date with you. And he just was like, um, humana, humana, humana. <laughs> so, uh, yes, it starts with, with radical authenticity, which is another way of saying buy into your worth, the core worth you offer her. At the same time, one of my favorite tips to give guys, I'm going to do this tonight because I have a date tonight, uh, is I say to them, find out what makes her fascinating. Make that your make that your prime directive. Find out what makes her tick, who she is, and that will make it so much easier to let her feel seen and connected with you while, of course, being your authentic self during the process. Because really, it's it's not about... Guys, guys are so tied up in, how do I attract women? How do I be more attractive? And I feel like she's already on a date with you. She finds you attractive. She wants to feel connected to you. She wants to feel seen by you, and she wants to see the real you and see if yourselves intermingle and connect. So yes, I love it. Uh, find out who she is, listen, and uh, and find out her authentic self. And, and that's when, when two people are being really genuine and vulnerable with each other and having fun, then chemistry and attraction pretty much takes care of itself. Yeah. I really like that premise too, of find out what makes her fascinating because it presupposes that she is. And really- mm. I don't think I've ever found a human being who wasn't in some way fascinating. And it's sort of, yeah, like digging for treasure of just like finding that <laughs> thing. Totally. Um, because I mean, what's fascinating to one person might not be fascinating to the other, but I like that presupposition of it's like, yeah. or like going on a scavenger hunt. Like what, what is it? What's the thing that makes her fascinating? You know, it's, that's cool. I like that. Totally. I mean, imagine, imagine a date where he, you, the man, makes makes her feel seen and sexy and you kind of get her as much as you can get her on a date beyond the physical although that's a little that's part of it that's a really damn good date she doesn't meet many guys like that if you focus on making her feel seen sexy fascinated uh then you're in a really great place <laughs> uh, i can attest to that 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 is true stance stamp of approval excellent <laughs> um yeah. So where can people find your book and you? Yeah. Dating sucks, but you don't is available on Amazon, pretty much anywhere you can get books, you'll find it. And you can also get it on my website, which is where you can, Hey, if you don't want to buy the book, you can get a bunch of free tips and stuff uh, at my website, datingtransformation.com. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Just again, a quick note. If you're interested in the course, you can find it at pleaseherinbed.com, www.pleaseherinbed.com or at my site, melaniecurtain.com under courses and have a very sexy day. <laughs>